calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Greetings from Salton Sea. Episode 6, Metronome. What the hell are you doing, Rucker? barging out of my office and sprinting straight to the police station. I thought we agreed that you should lay low for a while. That was your plan, Frank, not mine. The cops don't know it's Jill. Of course they don't. She didn't have any ID on her when her body was found. I told you, it's only a matter of time until they identify her. You know, through DNA or facial wreck or until somebody reports her as missing. We got a small window here, that's it. Now, pull over. I've got your shoes here in my car. No. Pull over. No. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. What, you gonna sideswipe me? Knock me over? Are you gonna shoot me off my bike like I'm a fucking seagull? Seagulls don't ride bicycles, you idiot. Now pull the fuck over. Go ahead and shoot me, Frank. I don't care. Shoot out my tires. Shoot me in the head. I really don't give a shit right now. I am borderline suicidal, so do it. Go right ahead. I don't make a habit of killing my clients. To do so would be to sever an ongoing income stream. I'll tell you what. I'll shoot him if you don't pull over. What? Who? That homeless guy on the corner. (sighs) That's Lenny. He's not homeless. He's a lifeguard. No reason he can't be both. All right. All right. Don't shoot him. Please don't. I'll pull over. Hello again, fella. Hey, Lenny. Can the pleasantries rucker or the lifeguard gets one in the brain pan? I get it. Okay. Your bike will fit in the trunk. Wheel it around back. Wait, let me see that. Don't touch it, Rucker. This is Jill's wallet. You don't want your fingerprints on it. Look, 
Her ID is inside. Why do you have her wallet with her ID? Is this blood? I cut myself shaving this morning. You have a fucking beard, Frank. Will you calm down? It's bad enough you're running around town in your stocking feet like a mental case. Put your shoes on and we'll talk. Come on, get in the car. I'm listening. Shoes! All right, all right. You knew I was out there this morning. I brought you a Polaroid snapshot of the poor broad's dead body. Show some damn respect! Don't call her a broad. Don't call her a skirt. Don't call her a dame. Don't call her a twist. She was a woman. A beautiful woman. <sighs> her name was Jill. Noted. Now, calm down, Boyo. So... What? You simply took the opportunity to swipe evidence at a crime scene? On your behalf. You're my client. The longer ID the victim takes, the longer it takes to run the DNA you deposited at the scene and up the victim's bajingo, the longer you stay out of the crosshairs of the cops. You didn't kill her, did you? On my behalf? Why would I kill the bro- Woman. Her being dead doesn't lighten your load. It makes things about a thousand times worse for you. Let's take a spin around the lake, make sure we're not being tailed. We already did that once today already. It took hours. There's not a single car behind us. Can't be too careful. Oh, God. Hand me my O2 mask, will you? Thanks. Twist the lever a quarter turn. Your mask is still back there. Feel free to partake at will. Frank? What is this? Cool, isn't it? I bought it this morning at a swap meet stall for a fiver. Antique, I think. It's a metronome. Yeah, that it is. My granny used to have one atop her piano when I was growing up. Plucks a nostalgic heartstring in this old man, let me tell you. According to the guy who sold it to me, musicians use them to practice playing instruments to a set beat. B-P-M. Beats per minute. I know what it's used for. Yeah? Well, apparently some people use them in an alternative fashion. For self-hypnosis. Set the beat to match their own pulse. Like having the external tickety-tick boom of your own heart. It's said to have a calming effect. Supposedly can make you fall into a trance without consuming narcotics by the fistful. Or into a fugue state. Here, I'll show you. As tightly wound as you are, Rucker, I bet you'll dig it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Afternoon, help you? Ah, Mr. Rucker, you got my message. More bones were found? They were. 
by a couple of tourists who disembarked from the sightseeing trolley and went for a stroll along the shoreline. Tentatively identified as belonging to Kevin Aaron Rucker, but we won't know for certain until the lab does its DNA test. Just wanted to give you a heads up in case you were sizing shoebox caskets. Can I see them? I can't let you take them with you just yet. I know, but I'd still like to see them. And you're going to need a letter from the district attorney notifying you that the investigating detectives are authorizing release. I know. You recall the case number offhand? 98732. It'll be just a minute. I'll have them brought out for a visit. Thank you. Your situation kind of reminds me of an old joke. This isn't a joke. You see, there's this prisoner named Joe working in a Louisiana prison camp. He's using an axe to chop wood for heating the barracks, and he goes and chops off his big toe. Slices right through his shoe and all. Next day, though, he's back at it, chopping wood like nothing happened. This time, the axe comes down on the side of his other foot, severing two more toes. A week later, when he's released from the infirmary, he fetches the axe, swings it high one-handed, and brings it down low, and thunk, there goes a thumb and index finger. Hearing about this, the prison warden calls him into his office and says, Joe, be honest here, boy. You in the process of trying to escape? (laughs) You see? He was getting out of there one piece at a time. Oh, I got it. (laughs) Okay, here's what we got. Three bones. Don't quote me, but this one here appears to be an ulna. (laughs) Sounds sort of like a lady's private part, don't it? (laughs) Actually, though, an ulna is the longer of the two forearm bones. The other one being the radius, which is a mite thicker. Here and here. Please don't touch me. Sorry. In my line of work, a visual aid is worth a thousand words. And this one? A clavicle, commonly known as the collarbone. Ah, if you've ever eaten barbecued ribs, you can probably guess what this last one is. You'll soon have a fine little collection. Now even Detective Dove will have to admit my brother is dead. Well, I wouldn't be so sure about that. You can lose your ulna, even your entire forearm, and still be walking around just dandy. Yeah, but you won't be walking around just dandy without a shin bone. Can't argue with you on that point, Mr. Rucker. But prosthetic limbs have come a long way since, say, Vietnam. Look at those Special Olympics runners. They can haul ass on those skinny blades. These two bones don't come from disposable limbs. Yeah, but you don't need a clavicle to survive. It's expendable. Optional. Like an appendix or a gallbladder. Though we've all got 12 sets of ribs, I bet you didn't know we really only need six for a functioning ribcage. So, see? You don't want to jump to a gloomy conclusion, Mr. Rucker. There's a chance, a slim chance, I'll give you that. Your brother might be out there somewhere, alive and well. Four bones short, but as long as he's got his skull and his pelvic girdle, he's got a shot. 206 bones in the human body, he's still got a lot to spare. I'll be back when I get the letter from the district attorney. You do that. I'll see you when I see you. Don't worry about your brother's bones. I'll store them properly in a brown paper bag. God willing, he might need them again one day. Bones can't be reattached. Maybe not today, but the advances in medical science are nothing short of miraculous. Fifty years ago, who'd have thunk one day they'd be using pig valves and human heart transplants? (laughs) 
Who'd have thunk it? Have a blessed day, Mr. Rucker. Salton Sea is a ruin. It's nothing like it was in old color-saturated postcards of its glory days. The city was being sucked into ruination even when Kevin and I were kids. It's just more so today. But it's not devastated in the way a city reduced to rubble by bombing or a deadly tornado is. More like what remains has been grossly distorted into an image in a funhouse mirror. Salton Sea has become a parody of itself. Strings of motels are still standing and vacancy signs still beckon to highway travelers, but the motel windows have long been boarded up with warped plywood. Parking lots are little more than chunks of asphalt. No one has stayed there in nearly half a century. No one ever will again. The thousand or more private and public swimming pools are all empty and their smooth, concave, cracked concrete bellies have been defaced entirely with graffiti. The grid of watery canals dug to mimic Venice, built to flow between the estate houses along the lake shore and to enchant the snowbirds, are still filled with liquid. But the water, if you can call it that, is bright fluorescent green and as thick as motor oil. Most of the tourist dwellings are gone, completely gone. Moved out on flatbed trucks or cannibalized down to their concrete slabs. In fact, from an aerial view, that's what stands out the most. Naked and slick concrete slabs dotting the landscape below. The occasional house still slouches along the shoreline. That of a hardy individual or a crazy one but those are fewer and far between. Even the residential subdivisions where the permanent residents lived a good mile or so from the lake itself, like where my parents still live, are half empty. The houses may be standing, but half the people evacuated long ago. But in Salton Sea, the real destroyer comes in the form of corrosion and oxidation. Every metal surface, every abandoned boat trailer or chain barrier, every metal shed, all metal buildings and sidings, and every metal fence post is seething with metallic excretions the color of curdled rust. It's the salt. The abnormally high salinity of the Salton Sea is more metatastic than cancer. The salty and polluted air blowing off the lake corrodes metal ten times faster than normal air. And the bacteria from the airborne lake particles can consume even mighty iron and turn the excretions to rust. That's what I think of when I hear the name Salton Sea. Rust. That and the bones. Rust and bones. And always the horrible stink. Kellen, you were saying? Was I? You were in the middle of recalling the ride to your parents' house. Was I? Then you drifted off. Did I? You mean like an ellipses, Doc? Dot, dot, dot to show something is missing? 
a word, a phrase, a block of text, a chunk of time. An ellipsis only refers to an omission in speech or writing. It isn't a psychological term, but I think you know that. And what do you call missing time in your business, Doc? Missing time? <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. That's not what's happening here. Then what is? Avoidance. Specifically, avoidance through reverie couched as journalistic color. You were listening. I'm an active listener, not a passive one. Well, maybe I'm in the throes of a psychotic break. That's the second time you've alluded to that. Do you know what a psychotic break is? It's a two-word phrase in the common vernacular. Everybody who uses it thinks they know what it means, like Occam's razor or Schrodinger's cat. And do you? To be honest, no. The break refers to a break from reality. Yeah, but into what? Fantasy? More like simply losing contact from reality by hearing, feeling, smelling, tasting, or even seeing something that has no active correlation to what is actually there. You mean hallucinations? Yes, but I think what you are fearing, though trying to make light of, is called reactive psychosis. A psychosis by any other name would smell as bad. Psychosis isn't a dirty word. Tell that to the gibbering and drooling residents of your psych ward, Doc. Reactive psychosis is usually brief and is brought on shortly after an obvious stressor, usually a disturbing event or trauma, an accident, an assault, a natural disaster, the death of a loved one. Kevin has been dead for more than 20 years. But you didn't know that. You only accepted that he was missing. His actual death is a fresh wound. You have been holding out hope this entire time that he was still alive. Hope springs eternal. Don't worry, Doc. I'm not psychotic. Where did you get that metronome from? It was passed on to me from my grandmother. She was a piano teacher. Now, if you don't wish to discuss why your aversion to your childhood home is so palpable, perhaps we can return to your recovered recollection? You mean to when she was still alive? You were about to head to your parents' house. I never wanted to go back there. Why is that? Because. Because why? Because I wanted to forget I ever lived there. And why is that? Kellen? Kellen? Greetings from Salton Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Gawillam, Jackson Gawillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Rendazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Rendazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. 
Production Coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in Charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.